This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D Bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, con officer, Daniel Pru, who who appears to be currently frozen solid at his station. Daniel, can you even talk? No, no, it looks like he's frozen solid, folks. Looks like someone's going to have to take him down and thaw him out. Well, well, maybe we can hear from my other co-host, my tactical officer, Darren Moser, whose apparel would seem to identify him as Will Scarlet. What's going on, Darren? I am not a merry man. I mean, I signed up to shift from you know, gold shirt to red shirt, but this is ridiculous. This is not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome reference. Someone should really write an article about that. All right. I know, right? (laughs) Well, as you may have heard from our intros, um, we are doing a fantastic thing here on Earl Grey. We're going to be doing another great character profile but this time we're going to talk about that alien who took us from Encounter at Farpoint all the way to all good things, Q. He had seven appearances on The Next Generation, one appearance on Deep Space Nine, and also several more on Voyager. Now let's see. Voyager. Voyager. Who would have more recent experience with Voyager? It's the To the Journey crew! To the Journey! Yes, we are joined here by the wonderful pair of Charlene Schmidt. How are you doing, Char? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having us. And her partner in crime, the chuckles to her Kathy, Tristan Riddell. <laughs> How are you doing, Tristan? Oh, wow. That's really good. I might try to keep that, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we are very honored to have you all join. I mean, special... Uh, thing for me because to the journey was the first trek fm podcast i ever listened to and got me into the network so Aww. it's it's really cool to be to be uh have y'all in a in our in our bridge i know it's not as big as yours and the ready room is going to be a little cramped compared to what y'all are, <laughs> have but hopefully you'll enjoy it anyway uh, i think it's quite <laughs> all right yeah nice and techy and sleek right and and we have a little uh, an animal too or more than, than y'all have yeah this um, is true and I, I am all for that. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have any rodents, do you? No, we don't. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about Q in this Earl Grey podcast, and we're going to be continuing that discussion onto the journey. To the journey. Um, oh, sorry, about- are we not doing that every time? <laughs> yes. Are we just are not we every done? time? Yes. <laughs> and everyone has to take a shot every time we do it. Yeah! Um, <laughs> and so, it's but today bookend. we're going to speak about Q in just the next generation. And we'll leave and talk about how Voyager ruined Q. No, I'm kidding. How he, they improved Q. I'm kidding. 
No, how, how they save <laughs> exactly. from Deep Space Nine, exactly. I think is what we need to say. I've got some thoughts on that, but we'll save it for the other show. <laughs> the other show. Well, well, first thing, <laughs> we'll just call it the other show, and that way we don't have to repeat it. The other show. <laughs> but first, I just want to throw this out here, because, again, Q in three incarnations of Star Trek, you know, and, and just overall thoughts, but I'm going to begin with this one. Q, is he the villain of TNG, or is he just a playful companion? And I'll let the TTJ crew start us off. You know, is he is he like the bad guy, or is he just there to that to cause Picard, Data, and friends some fun hijinks every now and then? I have to say, I think it's a little bit of both. I think he started out as the quote unquote villain. He did seem a little more dangerous in Encounter at Four Point, as opposed to say Tapestry. Uh, you mean tap Q Street? Sure. <laughs> so I think of him more as the playful companion, but I think he was meant to start out as more of a dangerous villain myself. Yeah, I always um I always viewed him as an anti hero, kinda like um you know, I just got done binging mm. um House of Cards, so I was you know, like Frank Underwood is the the anti hero, you know, you, you root for him along the way, but he does evil things. Maybe that's not quite a fair comparison because you know, with with Q, I think I, I'm with you, Shar. Where he was supposed to be much more intimidating in Encounter at Four Point and Hide and Q <laughs> than he ended up being in Q two. You, you know, you know now that you mentioned that, Trishna, I do remember that part in Encounter at Four Point. It's a very famous deleted scene when Q goes and turns to the camera and says, "Little do they know they're about to go into my courtroom." <laughs> <laughs> there, I have the gavel. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it's like, that's the thing I like about Picard. He's tougher than a <laughs> Yeah, so you know that that kind of thing. I mean, I I think um, he was he's definitely much more malicious at the beginning because he has a purpose at the beginning where he's like, okay, you're you guys are new to the to the universe relatively, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how dangerous things can be. And then as I think he sees that they can handle themselves and when he actually gets to know the crew, he's like, yeah, okay, now I'm just going to have some fun with him by Cupid. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Darren and Daniel, what are y'all's thoughts? Because, I mean, I think it's interesting. The first season, we actually get uh, two Q episodes because um, we get Encounter at Farpoint and we get Hide in Q. Um, and, you know, w- what do you think the, the, the kind of role you all see as Q? Is he this bad guy judge and gonna trickster or is he just eh, we're gonna have some fun i think he's a good mix of the two i mean yeah with many of the villains we encounter in star trek the next generation they're definitely just they're definitely a villain you know they're they're an antagonist against the crew and and but they're gone by the end of the episode but with q i mean he just forms that special attachment to the enterprise or namely to captain picard and I think because of that attachment, he is much more playful. And, you know, he in some a lot of times he's like, oh, you your your whole crew died. No, I'm just going to fix it. But in other times he's like, oh, your whole crew died. Uh, this is life. Uh, get used to it. So I would definitely err more towards the side of a playful cue, a happy cue, you know, a, a nice cue, you know. Cue the misanthrope, cue the liar, cue the sneaky guy with shifty hair. But no, I, I definitely say is a lot of times he's a mix, but I think I would definitely stay more of a trickster. Yeah, and certainly, I mean, we see it in Encounter that that he's definitely intended to be 
in that episode, you know, kind of the foil and he gets frustrated with humanity and like much more than he does further on down the line. And he's definitely meant to be the villain in that episode. Um, but the problem is that they cast someone as adorable as John Delance as, as Q. And so I mean, somebody was <laughs> as, with such a big personality that like he just kind of he just grew into this character that's not a villain and he's not a hero either. I think he, you know, he's, he's kind of like Loki. He's just this, this guy who likes to cause mischief for mischief's sake. And, and maybe with a little bit less of, you know, less power hungry because he obviously has all the power in the universe, but um, he, he's a, a really interesting character because he, he grows to have a crush on Picard and, and, and the enterprise. And, and it's a lot of fun, you know, all the way down the line, pretty much. Wait, are, are you saying on Valentine's Day, did Jean-Luc go in and have a heart-shaped bed when he walked into his quarters? It's definitely possible, I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't just Kathy then? Well, I think uh, we were talking uh, in the Shuttle Bay 2 about the fact that when you do the math, Q and Jean-Luc are in bed many more times than Q and Kathy are. <laughs> you know that's true. If you're counting them up, you're right. Tapestry? Cupid. There's so many times that Jean-Luc just, you know, turns over in bed and has these fingers caressing his... Oh my god, it's Q. And I don't... <laughs> it's a new century, folks. <laughs> we did hear that he was serenading Kathy in her bath and things like that. I was going to say, they never took a bath together uh, on so, the D. I'm so. thinking we got some trade-offs here. Yeah. No, they're right. Yeah. Well, but, I was watching Cupid. Cupid the other day, and I think I had sort of crossed the streams between Voyager and TNG as far as the appearances, because for some reason in Cupid, I was I was waiting for Q to like appear in 104 and be talking with Data and Jordy and the boys about how, what kind of gift he should get the captain. I'm like, oh wait, that was the Voyager appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But, Come on, guys, you know Jean-Luc. What's he like? Yeah. Well, and to be fair, though, Q was on TNG way more than he ever was on Voyager. And so he got to play with Picard a lot more. (laughs) Interpret that how you will. Well, well, yeah, you know, I think the interesting thing about how diverse Q's appearances have been uh, in The Next Generation, because, again, there were so many. So, like I said, you had Hiding Q, which is terrible, let's just say it, um, and (laughs) Encounter, where he's sort of this, this menacing role but then you have q who when we introduce the with the the borg um but again he's sort of he's menacing but in this different way and it's it's kind of this kind of very i mean i love that ending speech with q being like hey those people really died that's what you get when you're out here in space and so it's kind of like oh wow oh my gosh this is serious stuff but then you go into Deja Q and Cupid, and those are sort of the funny episodes. And so, you know, it, it can go all kinds of ways when you're dealing with Q. Yeah, he has two different brands of episodes, I think, where there, there's just the really serious ones, and then there's the silly ones. And granted, he has a little mixture of both, but some are more serious than others, and some are definitely geared more toward just playful fun. And he has so many costume changes. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> he is, he is the... He, <laughs> he, he is the sharer of aliens. I mean, it is like, <laughs> I'm going to be a judge. I'm going to be a World War II, you know, captain. I'm going to be, these are not my colors. Do you suppose he has the most costume changes of any other character on the whole show? Are you willing to bet money on that? 
That's true because he actually goes through every Starfleet uniform. Maybe, uh, maybe Loaxana would give him a run for his money. She seems to be always dressed in different costumes all the time. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, Daniel, you might be right. Um, Loxana might have him beat. Okay, also, we get, it, it, get on that tally. We also get to see her naked as well uh, in the show. So. That's true. So there's way That's more true. nudity on TNG than there ever was on Voyager. Oh, well, no, but, you, but like, uh, did, I, did Picard ever get naked? I don't think he did. Remind me if I'm... We got Picard naked well, when he was well, being tortured. Yeah. We got to see oh, his, yes, of literally course, see of course, his of butt. Course, of course, of course, excuse me. <laughs> we never saw and Kathy's we butt. Saw... We saw War from the Mud yep. and Loxana and Alexander, but we won't talk about that. No, um, no, no. Pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. uh, we get Deanna was was naked several a few times because she went to all those weddings. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. Yep. And when the Ferengi, anyway, I, I feel we're tracking from Q to <laughs> we're sidetracking here. It's like we're going to produce. What's the guy that like has like all those movies where he just shows all the naked parts and movies on the website? Anyway, Whoa, Philip, Philip, Philip! But this is not the place to be talking about naked websites, man. This is this is Trek FM. We're a family show here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'll be the next Trek FM podcast coming. Yeah, out. on Sex okay, FM. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we've already got this plan. <laughs> Shar just has to like bring in the unedited parts of her podcast and just slaps it together and it's a whole other podcast. Um, Chris has outtakes, well, we, trust kind of me. Ta- <laughs> we've kind of talked about it, but, but another thing is Q's relationship with all the different crew members. And let's go with the big obvious one, Q and Jean-Luc. Now, this is one thing that I know we'll, we'll probably continue when we talk about Q and Kathy, but to me, it's so funny, and, and, and Jean-Luc actually talks about this, you know, What's the mission of Starfleet? To seek out new life. And here's Q. He is, you know, all-powerful, and he's this new alien life form. And what happens every time he shows up? Get off my bridge. Get out of my ready room. Leave us alone. I'm like, really? You don't want to? You don't want to learn more about this all-powerful being? Really? I I do really like that. There was, I mean, if you look at Tapestry, it's pretty much devoted to, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's devoted to the history of Picard and, and how he, uh, you know, and how he overcame things and what his life would be differently. But I really felt like it focused on their relationship as well between Q and Picard about how he's just like, he's like, I refuse to believe that <laughs> the, the universe is that. <laughs> yeah, you're God. it's a great line. <laughs> yeah, where he's God. But I mean, seriously, like, and in that you, you seriously, you understand the feelings and the emotions and the care that Q actually has for Picard because he showed Picard this for a reason. He didn't just do like this wasn't a humanity lesson. This wasn't so that he could toy with everybody else in the human race. This was just for Picard's benefit. And I mean, you could really argue that Q has been helping him the whole time. Introduced him to the board, um, helped him in tapestry, cheated, you know, gave him the answers to the exam on all good things. Um, You know. (laughs) It's just that Picard doesn't see it that way. No. No, And neither did Kathy, really. (laughs) Thank you for introducing us to the Borg. That was great. Thanks. No, but you're absolutely right. We get these two tones of, of Q episodes, right, where it's like... He's 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 either like trying to teach us some crazy cosmic lesson or like something intensely personal, and it's it's kind of amazing that you can do that in one character. But um, you know, like Tristan was just mentioning, like Tapestry, which I actually, depending on how you break down the episodes, I think is the strongest Q episode. Um, if you include all good things, but it's not really a Q episode. But I guess you know it's tough to say. But whatever, Tapestry is so strong and beautiful because. 
he's exactly right. Like there is a connection between these two characters and it's really, really cool to see that, uh, you know, how he's trying to, to show Picard, Hey, like maybe you should appreciate everything you have and not take things for granted. And, and like, there's so much more than you, but, and you're just, you're just kind of let it all whiz by you. And so he, he does kind of have a heart and I, I don't know. I just love the Q character. Maybe there's a residue of humanity left in him. (laughs) Residue. (laughs) Not so fast. Uh, Well, now, Q actually has a bunch of whole other relationships. I think one that was sort of, you know, made its really big appearance in Deja Q, but I think it's still kind of there through the rest of the series, is Q and Data. Um, Of course, you know, everyone knows anytime an alien visits the Enterprise, they have to meet Data and Ten Ford, and usually Data then takes them to the holodeck. That's usually what happens. But in this case, he merely just uh, holds his hand and takes him to engineering and tells him to listen to Jordy and shut up. So, but, you know, you have this sort of like, you know, uh, you know, Data talks about his humanity and he's like, oh, well, they're not worthy of your, you know, aspirations. You're, you're really fine the way you are. But then he gives him a little cute, you know, laugh thing at the end because I, I would never curse you to be human. Not like Will Riker when he gets his cute powers. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. I enjoy that relationship. And um, I enjoy, there's mo- the most relationships with Data I enjoy. And I just like how in hide and Q we show that Q powers could turn him into um into human you know he could turn data into human if he wanted to and um data said no to uh um to Riker and data said no to Q and it's just interesting that in one episode Q is is cursed with humanity and all that data wants is to be blessed with humanity but yet he is able to say no to the individual who was cursed, who now has omnipotent powers, you know, it's just. I should be writing this uh, on a whiteboard. Yeah, uh, right. It's, it's really, it's like I don't want to say convoluted, but it's it's very complex and, and interesting, and it's just, um, it's it's not it's not your everyday relationship on a on a drama. Yes, we have deep character development. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, that moment gets me. You know, every single time when I watch. I knew this was going to happen. What is it? Mm-hmm. Which Q episode is it? When? When? Why can't you tell? Me <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, come on. When? About, well, stop being a racist, Wesley. When? when no, he has different episodes. When he gives him? So when he gives him the, the laugh? When Q That's loses? Deja, his Q. Deja Q. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, thanks for showing me up on on my own show, Tristan. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no. But yeah, I do. I, like every every time I watch that episode, I, it really does get me that moment when he, you know, when. Q gets his powers back and he's like, look, this is a gift for you because of, of the selflessness that you showed me and you were willing to sacrifice. And I, I love that moment. I think it's a, just a really... Ah! <laughs> 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 it's a beautiful moment. <laughs> and, and, and acted brilliantly, of course, by Brent Spiner. Of course, naturally. Nobody can deliver a laugh. <laughs> like the android who doesn't have emotion. <laughs> or, a, or a sneeze. But but you mentioned Loxana. Another great Q relationship is with our very favorite security Micro officer, brain. Mr. Ward. <laughs> Microbrain. Eat any good Mr. books any- lately? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, because it's the only person that he can't beat up because he's an all-powerful alien, except for the part when he doesn't have any powers. You can walk or I can carry you. 
Right. What must I do to convince you people? <laughs> How many books did you eat? die? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's such a great line. Klingon. I should have said Klingon. I, yeah, I love that when we see Worf jump over the console. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, an encounter at, <laughs> encounter at Farpoint. You're like, Mr. Wolf, do you plan to b- blast a hole into the viewing screen? I, yeah, I absolutely love when he jumps over the console because it's it's so unnecessary how he does it. Like he makes this big show and like flips his I have legs to save three point two seconds just... and I'm gonna jump. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, like, you have to understand, Worf is just a good old boy out to have him some fun. And oh, never mind. That was from Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> Wait, what is that? What is that, Philip? It's the same way you flip over the hood and anyway. Oh, that's right. I can't remember. The, Daniel the and Tristan correct were like, way to reference that like, would have been a T.J. Hooker reference, so that way we could bring <laughs> Shatner back yeah. into it. Jeez, Philip. No, because then he would have had to like roll over the hood three Don't times. Don't make us Jellico so you, Philip. Don't make us Jellico you. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you going to put me on the fourth shift? Anyway. There is no fourth shift. <laughs> <laughs> there are three shifts. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, so we uh, in, nothing in the 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 Captain Jellicoe to show how evil he was in that episode. He added a fourth duty shift. That's how you're going to show how evil somebody is. Is when you add an extra duty or introduce shift him to the board. <laughs> Say you know, some would say that would be evil, <laughs> but no, that fourth I have shift. a feeling. Or the gr- I have a feeling Q wouldn't get along with Captain Jellicoe. He wouldn't like him at all. I think no. they would. They would hug it out. <laughs> no, no. Jellico does not no. seem like the huggy Jellicoe type. would be turned into something very quickly, it would, uh, and it would not be human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Done. I think Q would get along with Jellico just as much as he got along with uh, Cisco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Wait, would he give right. get Jellico like a really long mustache, and they would just <laughs> box it out? Well, never. Jellico would be punched. <laughs> Oh lord! Well, now you, we talked about the Borg. Now Q's greatest, or one of Q's greatest villains, lived on the Enterprise D, specifically in the Ten Forward section. <laughs> Dinan. <laughs> oh, there it is. We've like, all got our claws up right now. <laughs> yes. And we we should just like as all all five of us Star Trek fans. What is that about? I mean, if there is an omnipotent, all-powerful creature, why is the cat hands, like, going to defend against him or in any way be scary to him? What does this mean? I don't know. It, it, this drives, I can't sleep some nights. I swear to God. You know what? I think I know what this is. It is the Elorian version of Jazz Hands. <laughs> it's oh, I was just it's Elorian Krav Maga, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Sweep the Q leg. Sweep the Q leg. <laughs> but Q can't die. What does this do? I don't understand. It bothers me so much. That's it's the basically her question. First... Right. She's th- like, I- I'm not going to listen to you. That's what I'm going to do, Q. I think it's the equivalent of when you're um, when you have a sofa on top of your car and you're trying to drive it home, and you have your arm out the window and you're holding on to the sofa. And you think that that's actually going to do something? <laughs> I, was, I think it's it's really just so that you feel better. I was about really yourself. wondering where you're going Get with the reference there, and I'm glad you pulled it out because I I didn't see where that was going. And it was brilliant. was brilliant. It was it was Thank good. You. But but the wow. thing but the only thing about Spoken it is that from experience, Q is legitimately like 
frightened by it. Like he's like, get this woman off your ship. She's a whatever he called her. And I don't remember what he called her, but uh, and he's like scared of her. So there's got to be some sort of real danger there for him. I don't know. I don't know if he was scared of her. Like he he put out his own hand thing where he's just like, did he snap her to death? With yeah. a side story. Yeah. Story. Yeah. When you're of, a you know. Q, you're a Q all the way. To... It was kind of like the new Peter Capaldi um, shot when he's in the he's in the, his new Doctor outfit. He just has that one hand out. Like Careful, don't do mention Doctor Who around Phillips. Yeah, so let's not talk about that. And the podcast will change. Uh, <laughs> you spoiled it all change. to me. That was awkward. Aww. Let's not talk about that. That was just an awkward moment between oh, podcast wow. mates. <laughs> I had no idea what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> just don't ever send culture, just don't ever send Philip a picture of the new doctor if he's trying to avoid spoilers because I didn't know he was trying to avoid spoilers and it was really uncomfortable and I ruined it. You mean the one where he looks like Posh Bite? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like the episode of Community where I'm just going to start spoiling the uh, whatever Game of Thrones <laughs> or Community. But anyway. <laughs> he's adopted! Anyway. <laughs> well, well, like, because uh, we see in Q Who is when Q Guinan frenemies is first revealed um but then we see in deja q where we get the whole like kynan there are some who you know did, don't believe the veracity of q's claim she's like oh really stab <laughs> <laughs> looks real to me it's also the most violent looking fork i've ever seen like it doesn't yeah. even look like a fork it looks like a bridge with four needles on it, you know. Orcs have come a long way in the 24th century. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really wouldn't need something that sharp unless you're trying to eat a kind of a root of some sort. Um, Viola root, perhaps? <laughs> oh, to the journey! <laughs> <laughs> the other show. I definitely feel sport technology should have come farther in, you know, the, the hundreds of years leading up to the 24th century, but... Eh. Not to be. The only thing, the only thing that I've ever been able to piece together with this, is that, uh, you know, that Q introduced the Elorian uh, version of Picard to the Borg, and that's why she hates him so much. Like that's the only reason I can think that Q, or I mean that Guinan has such like, just such hatred for Q. Like wow, Visceral. he yeah, just like he just walks a- up to a guy and says, "Hey, have you met the Borg?" <laughs> Maybe that's. <laughs> Borg, Elorian, Elorian, Borg. You will be assimilated. <laughs> Borg, Uma, Oprah, Borg. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Q is like the proto Locutus, and he just he like he's like the sa- the traveling salesman for the Borg. Yes, and he's just he was Locutus. To... Oh, there we go. Uh, hey, <laughs> smooth work. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yep, drop the mic. We're done. <laughs> no, it's you know how much I paid for that thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. This is equipment is not cheap. But yeah, it's it's sort of. I mean, and if we whenever we do our Guinan podcast, but like think about it, like Guinan society destroyed by the Borg, and somehow either before or after that, her like entire race, or maybe just her, was tortured by Q. You know, like she is just a bad luck, Charlie. You know, everything bad has happened to Guinan, Borg, Q. Charles Samuel um, Clemens, then, then Mark Twain, yeah. the I Nexus, mean, yeah. and and there she's just happy to serve drinks and solve people's problems. She's a listener. She enjoys the simple life. Yeah. She Does listens. anyone ever ask about her problems? I think that's really what this comes about <laughs> too. 
Mm. Once, sometime I'd like to ask someone what's going on with me. Well, you know? if the ship only had like a like a halfway decent counselor on board, <laughs> maybe she would have someone <laughs> to talk to. <laughs> <Arf>. Right? <laughs> well, she wants something done. She's going to have to do it herself and become the ship's counselor. <laughs> Well, that was yeah. my favorite part in the loss um, in that episode when when Denton was like, "I'm going to resign," and Gunn's like, oh, "I think I'm, I'll try out for the job." Yeah, pretty much what I do anyway. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's just missing the certifications, and really, does that matter? And the collarbones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> are, are you saying that Gaina needs to go into the jumpsuit? Well, it's not like she has to wear oh. a uniform to be a counselor, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, well, Can only you be a job this, for five guys? years. Okay, the unitard jumpsuit thing with the hat. She would be wearing literally more clothing on her head <laughs> than on the yeah. rest of her body. Yes. <laughs> yes, such a weird visual. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm into it. That totally I, I just like derailed it. Derailed everything. This picture, cute naked. Just, like, That's what I do. <laughs> no, no, thank you. I love how he was actually physically naked. Like, no G-string, no nothing, actually naked. Like, you, that was a fun like, day on set. That, story, that was right? a fun day on set, I'm sure. <laughs> no, let's hear, it. let's hear it. Let's hear it. I didn't know the story. Uh, yeah, the uh, the story goes is that, you know, in Deja Q, when he's supposed to be on the bridge, like, when he's first introduced on the bridge and he flashes on and he's nude, well, uh, like, normally... Oh, he flashes on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Normally, when uh, when actors do nude scenes like that, or like um, where it's implied nudity, like women are wearing pasties or the men are wearing g-strings, you know, and they try to hide it, you know, with the camera angles, but for some reason it just wasn't working. They couldn't get a camera angle just right where you couldn't see the g-string, and John Delancey was just having none of it, and he's like, "Okay, anybody who's offended by nudity, just leave the room," and he took it off, and then they filmed it, and he was completely nude on set that day. Oh, and before hide. he stepped out, was he like, it's important to remember I've lost my omnipotent powers. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, no, that makes me love John Delancey even more because he's, he's just a classy yeah. guy. He's an awesome guy. Somehow. So he's classier you... because he took his clothes off. Exactly. Yeah. That's how, Daniel That's how it works it. for men. It's a double standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not fair. Well, that's not true. I think anybody that takes off their clothes is classy. Uh, <laughs> 24th century um, ethics. Yeah, it's, sure. Uh, we won't talk about which members of the podcast are actually wearing pants. <laughs> All right, so. I.e. No comment. Now, <laughs> now, now, one thing that, that we have, you know, with the To the Journey panel <laughs> is that you all really explored the Q continuum. And so, but forgetting all that, one thing I wanted to talk about is what we thought we knew or what we actually knew about the Q and the Q continuum in the next generation. Because, I mean, we, we, we see at least references to the continuum, like in hiding Q, when, like, they take away Q because he, like, broke his word or whatever, and then they stripped him of his powers, and then in all good things, you know, Q is acting on directives from the continuum, and I guess true Q, too, when he has to find Amanda slash Q in sort of the first Harry Potter Star Trek episode of... <laughs> Congratulations, Amanda. You're a Q. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. You're, a, you're a Q, Amanda. <laughs> That's funny. That is awesome. <laughs> so, but so, I mean, what, what did you all? I mean, what did you all think? I mean, like we we saw John Delancey in Q, and we actually did see another Q. We saw Q in Deja Q. Before it was yeah. cool um, to have different names. Also, <laughs> and he misplaced the entire Deltivid asteroid belt. Who does that? I mean, who does that? Anyway. 
But but what do you all think about what you thought about the Q or the Q continuum? And, and, and you know, I know it, it's kind of like hard to like erase memories um, unless you're the doctor. Um, but what, yeah. what, like Darren and Daniel, what was your sort of thoughts about the Q continuum and what little we saw of it? I think it just in general, I liked how little we saw of it because it just added, you know, that bit of mystery in, in science fiction. It's so important how things work and how things are explained. And, and Star Trek is definitely known for its techno babble, but by keeping at least the bulk of the cue, I mean, even just their name, it's, it's a letter. It's so nondescriptive that that added a lot of mystery to the character, uh, which served him well for, for TNG. I mean, we'll get into how that was changed in, in Voyager, but for TNG and his interaction with Picard, the less you knew, the better. Because, you know, Q makes an impression, let's just say that. Not just by being naked and showing up in your bed occasionally. What, what about you, Daniel? What did you think about the Q or Q continuum? Because I guess we only saw two, you know, there's Q, Q, and then Amanda Q. I mean, that's all we ever saw in TNG. It's, it, to me, just thinking about this now, it's really interesting because... In very stark contrast to the Borg, who are obviously collective, and you know, there's, there's, they're just a group of individuals, uh, not even individuals, just a group consciousness or whatever. Like Q is defined by an individual. To me, like I don't have any interest in his society or like what goes on behind the scenes. I don't have any interest in other Qs unless they bring something interesting to the table. I, I just love the fact that that Q is Q, and that's that's it. Like he defines what it is to be a Q to me and I just I love that that everything about him to me is def like when they brought the other Q on in that episode it has some Q pun sorry uh Deja thank Q. you Deja Q <laughs> it's the same episode we've mentioned <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> hard to remember <laughs> uh, but when they brought the, you know when they brought him on I'm like okay I can s it literally means another Q <laughs> Daniel <laughs> you have a French last name how do you not know this uh, it's French Canadian. Um, anyways, um, but no, like even when they brought, <laughs> when they brought him on, like, you know, it's like, oh, I can see how you could be another version of this. That's interesting. But it's like, no, to me, I just want to see Q. I don't care. Like, I don't care if he's been shunned from the continuum. I literally don't care at all to see anything about a society. I just want Q to show up and have some hijinks. That's, that's, that's how I feel about Q in TNG basically overall. Okay. Like shunned by the continuum is this sort of like their version of the uh what was it what wharf the di discommendation do they all like oh, fold yeah. their arms and go Hoo. well that's what happens in the episode when he loses his powers they get mad at him and, and so i don't care that that happens like I, i'm i'm okay with not knowing about that i don't care i just i want him to show up and just mess around for an episode and then leave i'm totally okay with that just in and out bam okay we got it that's how Dan likes his cue. All right, um, <laughs> Tristan, Tristan, and Shar. I mean, again, y'all, y'all know about the road and about this and everything. But, but at least in TNG, what, what did y'all think about the the rest of Qdom? Yeah. Okay. For what I can remember, because this is pretty distant. We've all now. been the scarecrow, Shar. We've all been the scarecrow. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. Right. Yeah. No, I very vaguely remember enjoying the mystery of the cue because mystery makes you makes your imagination work and uh that's not a bad thing with a race as incredible as a q i mean when you have an omnipotent race of people you can do anything so i don't know that <laughs> take that and run with it you could do anything 
Yeah, I mean, it would it be sense. terrible if some show took, like, the premier villain and took away all their mystery and just had an <laughs> yeah, episode after yeah, them. Yeah. That'd be terrible. Wait, are we talking about the Q or the Borg? Know. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, getting, I'm getting mixed signals. No, we're I'm kidding. We're kidding. guessing both. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, what about you, Trish? I mean, did you, you know, like I said, we, we saw that other Q, but, like, was it, was it just, like, the mystery of, like, because, you know, Q's about half the time getting the directions about what to do. Like, it really isn't necessarily Q torturing the Enterprise on his own, only in, like, a few episodes. Most of the time, he's kind of on marching And all orders. the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I can see it from both both perspectives because yeah, I agree with what um with what Char said about how, you know, the mystery is, is, is half the fun and, you know, your imagination is always going to be better than anything you could see on screen. And I do, I do believe that. And I, um, but at the same time, I want to see the man behind the curtain. You know, I, I want to go there. I want to, I want to explore as much as I can. But there's a balance between, you know, like giving your audience what they want and giving the audience what they need. And uh, it's kind of like your audience deserves. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy! Oh no! Spe- no, speaking of which, I'll I'll run with that. Like when the in in the Dark Knight, when the Joker was talking about how he got his scars, when he first talked about it, I was just like, "Oh man, no, that's not cool." But then when he explains it a second time in a different way, you're like, "Oh, I see what you did there, Nolan." Okay, I got you. He kept he kept the mystery. You want to know how I got my finger snaps? <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, John Delancey, and I can say this because he and I have about the same hair pattern. It's amazing to me how much Q's hair actually changes every appearance. Because, like, (laughs) he has the same pattern of hair, but it will, like, grow, which I don't know how you grow that little spot there. But he does it um, throughout all of his appearances. But anyway... I saw a video online. There's uh, tons of videos online that have, um, that show, showcase Star Trek's contradictions. And... Um, one thing is like you sh- they show a clip of him in Encounter at Four Point when he says I'm ageless, and then they show him a clip <laughs> in in Q two, and he's aged, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sorry that the show cannot stop time <laughs> <laughs> this one character. Excuse me, exactly. this is not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like, it's literally like twelve years. They later. should have got 1987 John Delancey for this scene. I don't know why. They didn't. <laughs> was it not possible well, to film all these episodes? I would say of any character to stop time, you show Patrick Stewart in Encounter at Farpoint and Patrick Stewart in right? all the things, and there's right. a character like who what are you talking about? Insurrection time. or today? Yeah. Or today. Yeah. Yeah. The dude is what's an that, amazing What's that shape. photo that goes around? It says, like, uh, like once you reach max level, you stop leveling up or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or it shows the, you know, there's the famous one that shows, like, Lindsay Lohan in, yeah. in 2009. <laughs> yes. And, it's like, and it's like Gray, 2000. <laughs> drink Earl Grey and boom. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Cocaine's That's a right. hell of a drug. Yeah. Healthy yeah. living kids. <laughs> now, you know, coffee on their hand. That'll age you. That'll age you. But it'll also make you an admiral, so there's that. That's true. That's true. As long as you change, as long as, as, long as you change your hair around, it'll probably no one will notice. <laughs> and you've got to do that about once a season, if not more. Just don't forget for the flashbacks, because oh wait, never mind. <laughs> wait a minute, what are you saying? Hey, I'm just saying Picard never had to change his hair for the flashbacks. <laughs> well, Except in tapestry, the... which he had to and... gain some hair. 
And then the one where it was, I can't remember the episode where they showed the flashback between Wesley, or not Wesley, oh, Beverly yeah. and Picard when he takes out Jack's body. He actually yeah. does have a wig. He does have brown. hair there, yeah. yeah. But now, was yeah. that the wig that like they wanted him to wear in the infamous wig <laughs> scene in the beginning like oh, that they actually never went oh, with? Oh, encounter. Isn't that yes. so weird? It gets uh, like, yeah, so weird. For, 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 well, for our, yeah. for our listeners who may not have heard the story, when they were casting... Uh, Patrick Stewart, Roddenberry was not actually forecasting him, and he's like, "Okay, well, if we're gonna do it, let's. I want. I'm not having a bald captain, so we want to see a wig." And literally, apparently, they literally had to like fly the wig from Britain. Yeah, he had a like, wig. This is like yeah. Shat. This is like oh, Shatner wow. wig treatment here. Um, they had to fly the wig from Britain and like tried it on, and it's like it looked. I'm sure. Apparently, you know, did not look. They're like, what? Lose the wig. <laughs> or Roddenberry's finally like, lose the wig. Hire him. It's fine. So. Yeah, it looked bad enough to where they said, no, thank you. Let's see. It, it kind of reminds me of like the original series. It's like, okay, uh, you either have to lose the woman or the alien. And like, I will lose one. So lose the wig or, you know, something else, you know, and, and we'll have to bring it on. So I don't know. Lose the wig or the French name. We'll lose the wig. Because <laughs> that, it is very important that we ha- be able to do pull out wine references during the movie. <laughs> there you go. Yes. The sacrifice was made appropriately. All right. Well, now, one thing I'm going to do is, is a – well, not a quick. It would take as long as you want. A round robin of your either favorite episode and or moment or both of Q in the next generation. Um, you know, like for me, I don't think I've seen true Q episode that which, much. Which one so is that? I, I, it's the one with Amanda gotcha. okay. learning that she's going to hog Q words. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that episode was interesting because it revealed that there's a weather net on Earth. Apparently we can control the weather yeah. in the 24th yeah. century. That makes sense. Use like that. Back, back to the future stuff, type stuff. Yeah, we could yeah. use that right now, I think. That would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Uh, I went to okay, the beach. Okay, Mr. California. <laughs> California. We get it. It's 70 <laughs> degrees every day. We don't care. <laughs> California. <laughs> But um, I I mean I get just I I I don't know I mean Deja Q is one of those episodes I can watch a million times I mean it's 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 funny it's it's it has you know it has Guinan has Q has good Worf moments good Data moments good Picard moments I mean who doesn't love a closing episode of Star Trek with a mariachi band I mean that's just <laughs> the way you have How to do it How are we gonna it. get a mariachi then, band on the Enterprise I got it the whole episode was Q. just a build up for that scene. <laughs> And one thing I think Q does well in TNG um, is that, and this is an original thought, um, is that he is his character can always comment on the series. And I've heard it said before by someone smarter than me on another podcast that basically, like a good guest star, I think they maybe said it on Standard Orbit about the original series sometimes, but anyway, where a good guest star can come on and can comment on where the series is, and, and in some ways that's kind of Q's role. Like he can come in and say, like you know. With Deja Q, my favorite moment is like, Riker, you're so stolid. You were like that before the beard, you know, and just is able to kind of say what's happened and what's gone on. But so I don't know. Dan- Daniel, what's your sort of favorite Q moment or, or Q line? Qism. Uh, that's tough to me. Like I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, it's a it's kind of a close line between tapestry and all good things. Uh, all good things kind of sneaks in there because it's to me the perfect episode. Like I have nothing but good things to say about all good things, 
and I, I, but I feel like Tapestry is more of a Q episode. Like I feel it's more like it definitely has more to do with his character, and and you know, whereas it, all good things it just wraps everything up neatly. Um, so I would probably say if I had if you twisted my arm, it would be a t- it would be Tapestry because. You know, I just from from the opening moment that he shows up when you know when you're dead. This is the after. This is heaven or whatever he says. Like it's <laughs> until the- he doesn't say it like bones, Daniel. <laughs> you're dead, Picard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and until the ending of the of the episode, like I just that's the quintessential cue for me. That's the cue that I love the most, and that's the cue that. He he's fun and like he'll bring roses to to John Luck Pickard, and, but but the whole time he's trying to actually teach something. He's actually trying to give something back, and uh, I, I, I that is the ultimate cue for me. That's my favorite. You stole my favorite line, actually. <laughs> you flowers. Nicely. Is there a John Luck? Here. <laughs> and you know everyone listening is like, why did I never think about that? That's how you could have pronounced it. <laughs> oh. it's, it's such a funny moment. I remember laughing my head off the first time I heard it. <laughs> Darren, and I, you can tell I'm doing reverse order here. Darren, what about your favorite Q episode or Q moment? Well, I would just say... Or Q moment. <laughs> oh, man, the Q puns are just rampant in this episode. It's great. No, I would say... <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite just... I mean, it may not be the most poignant, but uh, Cupid is just is just a lot of fun because it could have been like a holodeck episode of, oh, everyone just happens to be, you know, in playing medieval times. But instead, no, it's Q. And that just makes it that much funnier because Picard Picard's already uncomfortable around Q because of how he acts. And so you add the you know, the love interest with Vosh and he is just so uncomfortable this entire episode. I mean, he's he's basically saying, Picard, just say you love her. And he's like, no, I won't. Squirm, 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 squirm. But, you know, I think my, my unwritten favorite episode of Q will have to be in the future on the 17th edition of the Enterprise, the Enterprise Q, because... I feel really bad for that captain because they are going to get nonstop visited by our favorite omnipotent being. Or does it? Work, yeah, does it work like every other? Because I, I know Shar, you you had the whole uh, is is uh, the squire of Gothis a Q or not? And so like, does the Q only visit every other? You know, every two enterprises or something? Maybe know. yeah, maybe it's sort of like the even odd numbered curse on the movies. Q only does every <laughs> other series. <laughs> Or does every other series well? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You could argue that you could. So, so uh, Tristan, what's your favorite Q moment or Q episode? Uh, well, um, like Daniel was saying, um, all good things is such an amazing episode, and it's a Q episode. I can't hear you, Tristan. (laughs) (laughs) Where's your mommy? I I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, All Good Things is such a great episode, but I don't, even though it Q is in it and it's a Q episode and you have great Q moments and great Q lines, I don't really, I compartmentalize it in my brain to be, no, that's the series finale. That belongs in its own section. And so as a kid, I would say Cupid because I had it recorded off a of TV and I would watch it on loop and it was just so much fun, like Darren was saying. Um, but if I had to, as a grown up, make the grown up choice, I would say Tapestry. 
Who doesn't Fine, like I will choose the non-grown-up Cupid. <laughs> I'm not a merry man. Nice. <laughs> and Char, what's your favorite kill moment? All right. Well, I'm not going to shy from all good things, and I'm going to go there because, uh, Daniel, I think you said that is a perfect episode. It's so freaking good. That is the way the TNG ends in my book. The movies, um, it's a different chapter. It just is. Sorry, guys. I know it's the same cast. Just no. (laughs) I've got a block there because all good things was that good. I think one of my favorite parts of that was toward the very end where Q is kind of trying to tell Jean-Luc a little bit about what he just went through. Like, you know, this is the exploration that awaits you. And it's not about mapping stars and charting nebulae, but charting the unknown possibilities of existence. And then Picard has that wonderful, well, what are you trying to say to me? And Q almost tells him, gets right up to his ear, and doesn't. And then (laughs) you'll find out. It's it's like that (laughs) moment in Sherlock when Sherlock and Moriarty look like they're about to kiss, but then it's revealed that it's really just a... (laughs) It's exactly that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, a great, great moment. You can read that Dan fic where they don't pull away. (laughs) (laughs) It's not done yet. All right. Writing again, are you, Daniel? Well, it, it reminds me of that one character who we who Daniel doesn't know about uh, in All Good Things where it's like, um, what is a Q? It's a letter of the alphabet as far as I'm concerned. Who, who said that? <laughs> I don't remember. It, well, I'll explain later. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that, that is a perfect moment because to me that was sort of, and, and we just did obviously our first contact show last week, and so we, we all love that one, and I love some others, they love some others. We don't talk about it with company around. We all mutually around. at least um, <laughs> You don't have to be polite. We're all family here. <laughs> the episode or the... Anyway. Um, but, but, but to me, that you're perfect about, like, you know, this is what Star Trek can be. And that whole you'll find out, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is what's going to wait us. And, oh, yeah. no, it's Picard crying in Generations. Well, I mean, okay, maybe. See? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, I don't know if this is right. This moment. I don't know if we're going to get into it, or this is this is the time to mention it. But I'm very disappointed and very upset that we did not get a Q movie moment. At least, at least a moment, if not a whole movie. I mean, we could have literally re- like replaced Insurrection with a Q movie, and I would have been totally okay with it. Um, yes, Insurrection, Philip, not Nemesis. <sighs> Nemesis, Insurrection. really? That's not the uh, one you well, would they replace? replaced either. It would have been fine. No, I would replace Insurrection before Nemesis well, let's uh, look at because at least I wouldn't fall asleep. Nemesis. In it. Um, but uh, <laughs> well, but Daniel, but, look at Generations though. I mean, they they took so much time to shoehorn in why Kirk and Picard are standing on the same freaking bridge. All you need is Q to just go like boom, and it happens. There, you, I just cut a third out of your movie. And then, oh my gosh, <laughs> is that Trelane? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> And then the Enterprise D doesn't have to die because Q can save it, right? Not from Troy. <laughs> Char, that's the cost of being out here. Sometimes you have to get a little bloody nose. Like your ship crashes into a planet. It happens. Nothing can save us from okay. Troy. Troy didn't go to Starship Driving School. Or any school, oh. it seems like. <laughs> well... She no, went to uh, this one chocolate course. There's a chocolate tasting, and <laughs> she repeated um, it. She she really paid attention herself. You know, three times and <laughs> happened to, had to retake it. I don't think you guys are giving her enough credit here. I think she's got a PhD in stating the obvious. 
<laughs> he's he's very angry, Captain. <laughs> That's that, why he just stabbed that man in the face. Yes. Just, was this Scotty he's talking about? I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do <laughs> I'm done. Like, Good night, everyone. I'm feeling something, Captain. <laughs> it's okay, oh, wait, Daniel. it's just another bottle over here. <laughs> You're not the only one who slaughters impressions. I do it on TTJ all the time. For all right. <laughs> oh, wait, it's just the console against my belly. <laughs> Let me tighten the belt. I cannot Great reach joy. the button. Great joy in gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying they had the wrong TOS cameo in Encounter at Farpoint. Right, I can right. see it now. I can oh, see it. Fantastic. Oh, oh goodness. All right, well, that seems the perfect spot to end our Q discussion. When I say end, we're just we're just taking a pause, and then somehow we'll get magically transported to the Delta Quadrant and and then talk. Talk about it for seven years, um, and but no, we look forward to it. But we appreciate you, uh, Tristan and Shar, for showing up here. Um, but uh, you know, Q isn't the only thing we've been talking about on Trek FM, though mostly. Uh, here's some other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek FM, Standard Orbit. I like aliens. They took a semester of philosophy in, in college when they were on Earth, and then they were like. Yeah, we're Plato's stepchildren. And then, you know, later, the name just stuck. Earl Grey. First contact. Riker says, okay, they're they're ready to fire. And he pauses. <laughs> yeah. And in that moment, you see a little ship. There's another Jennifer Sisko somewhere <laughs> in my ship, for sure. <laughs> the ready room. Message to the bottle. If this statement was correct, it would suggest that the crew of the Prometheus modified the interior of the ship to reflect the new registry number before the old one was changed on the hull. Oh my god. <sighs> really? The orb. Penumbra. I think some people might not like it, but every time I watch the end series here, I really can't wait for me to just go, next one, yeah. next one. To the journey! Galaxians. Yeah, I would love to have seen Neelix on Earth, too, just for the very reason. Like, he has all these wonderful ideas. I have this vision of him being, like, the Rachel Ray of Earth, and <laughs> he's going to have a cooking show. Commentary, Trek stars. The Dresden Files. I couldn't even do a Chicago accent if I wanted to. You were, like, wearing half the gear. I yeah. know. You I'm, I'm wearing a Bears it. jersey right now in Chicago. And I could not save do. the football season. Football season's over. I the could Super not Bowl do two weeks ago. a Chicago accent to save my life. Warp five. The Borg on Enterprise. Not to mention in the movie, right? Oh, here's what we'll do. The movie's pretty much over. It was two and a half hours long, but let's put another fifteen minutes of cleaning up the Borg in there right at the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Melodic tricks. Five musical favorites. And to see the Klingon ship dissolve in in the lightning effect, with that music playing, at you know at loud volumes, it was it was basically the a geek's dream. Literary treks. Spock reflections. And my favorite is when Amanda goes, "I will never get used to a Vulcan scolding." <laughs> right. You know, we wouldn't take it as a scolding at all. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows, especially our follow-up discussion on Q on the next To The Journey, and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox, or you can stream from their website directly. 
Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. We also wanted to talk about some of the feedback we've gotten from our listeners, and we appreciate it. Um, the first is from Dante Hopkins, and he emailed us this comment from Earl Grey 18 Yahoo, when we talked about the first season of The Next Generation. Dante said, I really enjoyed your TNG Season 1 recap. Some personal favorites from that season are ones that everyone may not like, such as Lonely Among Us, Home Soil, The Arsenal of Freedom, and We'll Always Have Paris. With such a mixed bag, I'm sure first-time watchers will have their own favorites unique to them. I always love a discussion on Season 1, and you guys were great. Well, Dante, we really appreciate that feedback. We also got another message, this one from a Christopher Becca, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. And his comments were from Earl Grey 22, Canon Locked, when we talked about rebooting The Next Generation. Christopher said, Rebooting TNG, I say no. Just go from where the J.J. Trek has put the franchise. It is for better or worse the current look of Trek. I think you are right that the series needs to be serialized, but I think the scope has to be bigger than one ship. They need to do a Game of Thrones-style show where we jump around as we tell these huge stories. All right, Christopher, those are great thoughts. And we also got another comment from that same show from a Colon Higgins. Oh, Colin Higgins, of course, our great Trek FM Grand Admiral um, and, of course, host of the Trek FM show Melodic Treks. Um, his comments about rebooting TNG were the following. He said, Star Trek Online is set 30 years after Nemesis, which brings me to where I think Trek should go. At the moment, the focus has been on humans. I would like to see them branch out into a ship where humans are not the focus. After all, there are over 150 planets in the Federation, and it spans 8,000 light years. Well, Colin, we thank you for those comments and more. And, you know, anyone can comment here on the show and let us know what you think. Um, you can either leave us a, a rating and review on iTunes, or um, you can even reach us directly through the website. Now, if you'd like to share your thoughts on today's Earl Grey, just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. You can choose to the Send to Show option and choose Earl Grey. That message will come to all three of us by email, um, and you can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and other listeners in our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each and every week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even the next generation books like Imzadi 2, narrated by TV's Galron, Robert O'Reilly, and IQ, narrated by the man himself, John DeLancey. Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek.fm listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today and catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trek.fm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trek.fm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and trek.fm. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's by adopting some aliens. 
well, illustrations anyway, and we're not talking about Q, but if you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Tobu Ushi, who does most of the artwork that you can see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which one you would like in which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each and every week. And of course, we'd like to thank our To The Journey crew for joining us. Now, Tristan, if somebody wants to talk about why Riker is the best character in all of Star Trek, where can they find you on the internet? Well, you can find me on Twitter at the Insane Robin. That's usually the uh, fastest way to get a hold of me and find me. And I try to follow as many Star Trek fans as I can. So please message me and we'll get a conversation going about how the only way to sit in a chair is backwards and with a hiked up leg. All right. And Shar, if anyone wants to talk to you about what other Star Trek characters showed up naked on screen, where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> you can find me at Oh the Profanity on Twitter. That is my handle there, and that's definitely the best way to find me. But I'm also everywhere on Trek FM, too, so catch us on To The Journey, me and Tristan both. Write us in on the show, too, and let us know what you think. All right. And Daniel, if you want fans to tell you that it's Deja Q, for goodness sake, <laughs> where can they reach you on the internet? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe not by this episode, but I'm actually, uh, you can find me at One Up Dan uh, on Twitter, and that is the number one, not the word, where I often one-up people, but just not on Q episode titles. It's kind of difficult to remember them all. Maybe you're like John luc You're just not at your best when Q's around. Uh, you know, it happens to the best of us. Usually, exactly you're right. a little young for it. But, um, Darren, where can folks find you to talk about all other things Q on the interwebs? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And if they want to talk about even more science fiction, namely robots this month, they can listen to my other podcast, which is The Dr. Sci-Fi Show, which is available on iTunes. If you ever want to talk about the letter that comes before Q, you can find me on the internet at NC Public Servant on Twitter, um, where I talk about um, things that start with letters of the alphabet. So, so many letters. <laughs> exactly. So from now, we're going to figure out if there's some way that you can make a transporter transport you to another quadrant of the galaxy. Like, maybe you don't even need warp drive. Well, that would be a ridiculous concept. Oh, well. Make it so. Live long and prosper. Engage. Fire. <laughs> <laughs>